Are you ready? Hey everyone, this is the Vivacious Vicious Vicky, and welcome to a shot of wrestling. And on today's show, we're going to talk about my tattoos and possible meanings behind them. I do have a few. We're going to talk about my most recent tryout and, most importantly, my addiction and my recovery. So stay tuned and please listen to a shot of wrestling. If you're ready and willing, I'm able, and welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, The Interviews. If you've not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at Shot of Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at shotofwrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on A Shot of Wrestling hotline. Now we say it time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is no different. Today we are joined by the BWF inaugural women's champion, the vivacious, vicious Vicky. Welcome to Shot of Wrestling. Thank you, thank you. I'm very, very pleased to be here right now. So I appreciate it. That was a great introduction. Perfect. Well, I don't want to piss you off, so I wanted to make sure that I did it right. No, no, it was good. It was good. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Let's talk, talk about the inaugural women's championship because BWF in the past year, I think, has gone through an evolution to really put themselves as one of the heavy hitters in independent wrestling in our area. What did it mean to you to become the inaugural women's champion? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many talented women that I've competed against at BWF and, you know, elsewhere and whatnot that I've actually worked a couple of those girls and other companies, too. And, um, you know, coming in, maybe, I don't know, I think it was June I came in, you know, and and having that opportunity given to me so quickly was amazing. I I mean, I remember that night and I and I actually walked away into a corner and I cried hysterically, a because I got so much heat and it was awesome. And B, because it just felt good, you know, like to be the first ever of something, you know, and and it meant so much to everybody, including, you know, Bronco and TJ and whatnot. So it was just it was just a really special moment. And I just felt completely honored to even be considered to be the first ever. So that was really, really a big deal for me. Let's talk about that heat, because as soon as the (laughs) bell rang and you were awarded that championship, you became the most hated person in that locker room. Yes. How did it feel in the ring, you know, to receive that as a heel, I guess? Amazing. I mean, it was one of those moments where I was like, I want to be a heel for life because <laughs> this was like amazing. And, and people, you know, like I told my mom, like she just, she's trying so hard to understand wrestling. And like, I, I'm explaining to her like, like heel heat and what that means. And she's mm-hmm. like, why would you be happy that they did that? And I was like, because that means I'm doing my job. I was like, I'm a villain. I'm a bad person. I mean, like, if I go out there and people aren't booing me, there's a problem. You know, and, and it's like the fact that, that I mean, like you said, the, the place erupted. I mean, it was like, that, that's what I was set out to do. And I did it, you know, and it just felt great, you know, but on top of, you know, winning the title, but also 
winning the fans over in the sense of what 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 essentially they're supposed to do, which is hate me. So it was just it was amazing. It really was. Now, I mentioned that BWF has been going through a little bit of an evolution. What do you think it's some things that they're doing correct right now that is putting them on that level to compete with larger companies? Um, BWF is probably one of my favorite places to work, not just because the locker room is just professional, friendly. Everybody's like a family there. And I mean, a lot of the guys and girls that, you know, I have the privilege of working with there, um, I see elsewhere, too. You know, like we're all in the same kind of tri-state area whatnot so you kind of do grow these bonds with people but bwf essentially it might be a smaller ranch show but we've been packing the house a little bit you know the last couple shows which is amazing and more and more people are invested and on top of the the wrestlers the promoters everything the like photography and the video like the videos that are by danny walsh i mean like these things like you know, Richard Ruiz, like all these different people who, who, you know, don't get enough. And this is a shoot, like all those people who don't get credit. It's always the wrestlers and the promoters and the bookers, but it's like the people who actually put it together and put it out there for like the world to say, even you guys, you know, like you have all these people, these moving parts that are so silent in wrestling. And it's like, without that BWF probably, again, we would, but it helps so much like to grow, to have that social media and those YouTube and, and to watch a video with high definition quality, the promos, I mean, everything. I mean, that's what I, I believe is helping BWF promote itself more is not just us, not just the banners and the posters, not just the word of mouth, not just the catch this show. It's it's the moving parts behind it with the, the photos and the videos and the promos and all that stuff. So, you know, I think with the women too, just a little side note, I think a lot of the women that are there, you know, we got, we got a good group of women. We really do. I mean, everybody works their asses off. Everybody tells a story. Everybody has a character. You know, like now we have new 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 girls coming in, too. We've had, like, Nevaeh Chantel. She's fairly new coming in. Nicole Matala. She's one of my favorite people. I love her. Corinne Mink. You know, I have a history with her. I've, I've known her since I started. She's been there. You know, and I actually had my match against her. So, I mean, just like, you know, bringing in more women are like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. There's more opportunity for the women. And I think that's wrestling anywhere. So, you know, I think, you know, specifically for BWF, I think they're doing a really, really freaking bang job, man. I really do. Well, how is it for a woman wrestler in today's age of wrestling? Because the women's evolution has been going on for a few years now. And I feel like the women has been given the spotlight in previous years. And now the independent scene is resurfacing with a new crop of women. So how right. is it for women wrestlers in today's independent wrestling uh, stage? I think that the women that I've come in, you know, close contacts with and, and again, I do my research too, as an indie worker, like I, I see what's out there, you know, I, I, I've, I've done that before I even started training. I'm just curious what's in the indies. What do we, what, what's like up and coming, you know? And I think that there's a lot of talent out there. People might hate me for this, but one thing that kind of grinds my gears a little bit, and this is the business. And I've been told like the, the more that I'm in it, like this business is funny. That's like the quote that I hear. This business is funny like that. And I'm like, oh, I don't get it. But, you know, I think a lot of women also see the women's evolution and they think, oh, you know, this, I could do this. And they get mm. into it thinking that women are evolving and it's an easy job for a girl. But then you have people like me and so many others who I literally wanted to be a wrestler since I could breathe. So it's like, I, you know, look at that and I'm like, ah, eh, you know, like I want to be a fighter. I want to be a wrestler. I don't want to be a model. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so that, that, that was always my like thing going into it was like i feel like people were just doing it because they think that oh if you look good which i mean hey that's the nature of the business if you look good and you know you could sell something well guess what 
you got a job. You know what I mean? Right. That's just <laughs> how it works. But overall, though, I really truly believe that women can do anything today. And that's what's amazing is that, you know, I love shouting her out because she's one of my favorite indie workers. Now she is signed and is so deserved. And I, you know, share the same school with her. Kristen Statlander is like my hero. Like I watch her and I'm like, that's how I want to be. Like she gets in the ring with guys like that. That is the evolution is that the women fighting the guys and intergender stuff. And, and it's like it's it's mind blowing to watch, you know, and, and that's something that I could do, too. You know, I want to be like that. I want to do that. Am I on her level? Absolutely not. But I want to be like that. You know, like I think she's a perfect example of the women's evolution. I really do. I totally get that. You, I think you and Kristen are definitely pioneering a way of, you know, a good looking girl who could do it all. You know, yep. who could be a valet, who could be a wrestler, who could go against the guys, who could do a hardcore match. You guys are so flexible. And there's not a match that I haven't seen Chris and, you know, Chris do that mm -hmm. I'm surprised at because I know how talented she is. And the same thing for you. I think, you know, you're very talented that you're going to transcend any kind of wrestling match and you could do it all. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned you were a longtime wrestling fan. Now, this is a fact. Your sixth grade yearbook picture actually notes that you're a future WWE wrestler, just like Lita. That's correct. That's correct. Yep. That early, not only did you know that you wanted to be a wrestler, but you were letting the world know. Oh, yeah, for sure. What do you think your family and your friends being that early in age, knowing that you wanted to pursue this career and now seeing you now actually starting to live that dream what do they think about it well back then um i literally i think my sisters and my older cousins are the ones who like got me into it in, like the early 90s you know and um my parents were very against it at first my mom um she was like i did youth clinics and stuff when i was like 10 11 12 you know like i i, I had a taste of it when i was younger and my mom was like, she's like, you know, if this is what she wants to do, like, let's let our kid do it. And my dad was like, this is a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. Like, he was just trying to be realistic, not necessarily shoot my dreams down. But he just really didn't think that it was possible. And it kind of broke me to think that, like, all those years, like, you know, like I could have potentially started younger. And my parents, I didn't have money. I wasn't working yet. I was still in high school, middle school. You know what I mean? Like, I could have worked if I wanted to. But it's like, I didn't think at that age, like, oh, if I just work for my money, I could pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, I was just so used to my parents doing things for me. Like, I didn't really understand the grind that went with it. And, yeah, they were, I mean, they were just like, oh, God, my sisters, like, were supportive. You know, they took me to shows. And, and I always loved Lita. I mean, literally since I could, since she debuted. Like, I just, I was like, she's so cool. And I just, I wanted to be like her, as I'm sure most little girls did, you know, growing up, her and Trish, like, you want to be like that person, it's like your hero. And there's a lot of things that growing up, I, I, I lost touch of because I just felt like, well, it's never going to happen, you know, and it was just one of those things where I felt like I didn't have my family support at a young age that I was like, this is never going to happen. So, I mean, I can um, almost feel like the sense of dread that I had growing up and getting older. I mean, it literally, like, I always I always share this because I think it's so funny. They ask you in preschool to senior year of high school, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, yeah. what is your career? And it's, it was always a professional wrestler. I swear. Always a professional wow. wrestler. Professional wrestler. Prof never, never was a vet. 
never was a singer, never was a, you know, a, a, a dancer, or whatever, doctor, whatever generic answers children gave back in the day. <laughs> it was a professional wrestler. And people used to make fun of me all the time, all the boys, until I would kick them, you know, where it hurts. Uh, you know, I, I, was, I was that little girl. Like, I was that kid, you know. And I was like, well, I'll body slam you. I didn't know how to do a body slam, but I sure did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was one of those things. So, again, I mean, now that I'm actually doing it and, you know, my families, they come to mostly all my shows. They're always there. They support me. You know, I, I can't wait to send them like videos and, and pictures and whatnot if they don't make it. Because sometimes, you know, if I'm not local enough, I don't expect them to drive out there unless it's like something big. But they support me 100 percent. My dad, to see him and how he's like getting into it is amazing. You know, like he's totally into it now and he comes and he knows the guys and the girls and whatnot. So, I mean, it really is cool to see how it, how it, how it flipped. But you know, my family uses me as an example of if you want something, you just this is all I ever wanted. So why was I going to not go for it? it? Didn't make any sense to me. So here we are. I think the dream also of being a wrestler sometimes it, it feels so far away when you're a little mm -hmm. kid. Like like you just mentioned, like when you were a little kid, that is something that you you wanted to do, and you let everybody know. I remember when I was a little kid, I, I think that dream of being a wrestler or being in the entertainment business was just so far away. Like it was not even worth dreaming because it was that far. Yeah, you know. So for wrestlers and now meeting you guys and doing what you're doing and meeting so many of you that wanted to be you know, in this business since such a young age, it's inspiring, not just to me, but to, to all other kids to be like, Hey, it, if you want something bad enough, it's there for you to grab. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's exactly how, you know, I went into it. You know, I literally all I could ever think about, obsess about dream about, I mean, was wrestling. And it's all I ever, like I just said, I need to be there. You know, I would go to the events as a, a 10 year old, 11 year old, 12 year old kid. And I would, I'll never forget that feeling when I would walk, into the gate and i would see the ring in the middle like that do you, know? you remember the first show you ever went to yes it was a raw in 2003 i think um i believe at prudential center yeah and i remember vividly swear to god <laughs> um, lita was it was a tag match and Lita was on the on the you know on the the apron waiting for her her chance to get in and I and it was like you know like when it just has those like quiet peaks for a couple seconds where it's just quiet in the crowd mm -hmm. and I screamed nosebleeds I was in the nosebleeds I swear I was like I love you Lita and she turned around and did the thing and I almost died Stop. like I was I I'll never forget my sister so to this day I'll tell you like I almost died because it was like it was for me yeah unless for totally. whatever some slim chance there was somebody in the front row who said something that I couldn't hear at the same I mean, time. Yeah. I was like, no way. And I was like, Oh my God, that was for me. <laughs> I was like, that was amazing. So being in the business, you guys get to meet a lot of, you know, not just, you know, the talent that you're working with, but a lot of legends, people like Lita, have you ever gotten a chance to meet her? I did actually. Really? Um, what yes. did you say? That, oh God. Well, okay. So <laughs> quick tidbit. I have a tattoo on my neck, right? And it says Lita. Okay. Mark alert. Yeah. <laughs> this is real. I got it years ago. And I met her in 2013. And it was at PWS, which is used to be WrestlePro and whatnot. And uh, Mark Carino and Justin Carino, they used to be the Heavenly Bodies. I don't know if you um, from WrestlePro. And I've known them my whole life. I've known Mark and Justin since I was a kid, too. So we, I've shared the dream with them, you know, as long as I can remember. And, um, they, they contacted me like, hey, Vicky, like Lita's going to be at, at our show. You should come. And I was like, I'm on it. 
<laughs> so I bought the tickets because I, I never met her. You know, all these years I met Hell the parties. Yeah. I met, you know, all these people that I loved and I never met Leah. And I went there and I looked at her and I froze and I, and I just looked at her. And I was like, oh, my God. And I grabbed her hands with two hands. I grabbed literally her one hand with both my hands. And I was like, thank you so much for everything you've ever done. You are an inspiration and I will be in the ring one day. I was like, thank you. And she was just, she was so sweet. You know, she's sweet. She's like, yo, thank you so much. It means a lot. And my cousin was with me. He's like, show her the tattoo. Show her the tattoo. I was like, no, 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 I'm not showing her the tattoo. I'm not showing her the tattoo. So no, I didn't show her the tattoo, but I let her know that I appreciate her. So I feel like that was enough in the moment. <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. Uh, well, while we're yeah. talking about tattoos, I, I have this thing about tattoos because I feel like they're a roadmap to like someone's life. You know, you mm -hmm. get a tattoo because it means something to you in the moment. Maybe you grow out of it down, down the line, but it's still part of you. What other tattoos do you have? So I have um, on my arm, my right arm, I have like a skull with some flames and it's like one big skull and then one little sugar skull. At first, I just had the one little sugar skull on top, and it was plain, boring. It was just it didn't look right, so I added to it. And yes, the inspiration was Lita's dragon tattoo, but no one used to know that. So I, uh, you know, saw her with that little tattoo, and I'm like, oh, that looks pretty cool. I think I'll do the same thing, just not <laughs> the same thing. No, but um, for me, it was just kind of just to have something at first. You know, like I was like, oh, I love skulls. I'm very, like, into skulls and whatnot. So I was like, eh. I was like, I'll do this. And then the more I, yeah, it's still not finished. It's been five years and I haven't finished it. But this was like my first like piece. So this, it, it, there's not really a meaning behind it. Um, How old were you when you got it? Uh, 19, 20, maybe 20, mm -hmm. maybe 20. So like six years ago ish. Yeah, it's about right. Um, I have, oh God, I don't even want to share this, but I'm going to because I'm an open book. Um, I have a crown tattoo on my left forearm. Okay. And it says one love, and it's like a queen crown. Uh huh. And I actually had gotten that with an ex boyfriend, which I regret. Um, there's no name or nothing, so mm -hmm. you know that's why I did it. But now I look at it like I'm a queen, so it's perfect. You know, there you go. and that's, that's really it. So I don't. I, I probably will be getting that covered up though. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't have any hard feelings with the ex at all. Like there's nothing like bad. I just, eh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, eh, he has one. I don't know about that. Okay. Anyway. So I have another one on my left forearm. I have the a half a heart with a semicolon. You know, my story isn't finished. That that whole, you know, thing that was going on for a while. Um, and like mental health awareness and whatnot. And mm -hmm. then I have a quote next to that. No one heals without a struggle. That particular That's one cool. is, yeah, is a quote based off of the things that I've been through in my life. Um, you know, I didn't heal until I struggled a little bit. So, mm -hmm. you know, that that's important to me. The tattoo Alita on my neck, and then I have a butterfly on my right shoulder blade. And that I got when I graduated high school. So that was like 2011. And um, that was just representing me kind of spreading my wings and, and into adulthood kind yeah. of thing. So, uh, do I have any more? Uh, no, that's it. <laughs> well, you mentioned something. I mean, the marriage between wrestling and addiction is well documented. Uh, but your addiction actually happened before you joined the sport. Uh, can, you, oh, yeah. can you walk us through a little bit of what those days were like and how did you overcome to be the person you are today? Yeah. So, um, so not pursuing the dream kind of, and this isn't an excuse, but it kind of goes hand in hand with the drug addiction. You know, I knew what I wanted to do from a very young age, which was this. And to feel like I couldn't accomplish that from people who loved you the most 
hurt and I couldn't understand. I had really bad behaviors growing up. Um, one thing about me is I was always, always, always looking for love. Um, always just wanted that fairy tale feeling of love, you know, and I put myself in these situations with guys and boyfriends that probably shouldn't have been in, forced myself to feel a certain way. You know, it, it, it all goes hand in hand with my drug addiction because every single time that, you know, I would get my heart essentially broken, I felt worthless and insecure, you know, on top of having the thoughts of I'm not good enough to be a pro wrestler, having the thoughts of just all these different things going in my head. And I was introduced to, you know, marijuana at first. I want to say in like freshman year of high school. And I tried it. I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, whatever, whatever. Everyone's doing it. No big deal. I didn't think anything of it. Then, you know, then it graduates. People start doing pills and whatnot. And I'm in high school. And I was an athlete. I, you know, I played sports in high school. So I didn't, wasn't thinking of that. I wasn't, my intentions weren't to be a drug addict. You know, my intentions were to be an athlete. And essentially, a wrestler at some point. You know, I always, still always had that in the back of my head. Like, I was like, well, once I'm an adult, I can do what I want. And I'm going to wrestling school. Like, that was my notion. I wasn't going to go to college. Like, I didn't want to do all that. I wanted to go to wrestling school. And, um, you know, throughout high school, I, I started experimenting with pills. I eventually gave in. And I didn't know how addiction worked. I didn't know that, like, once you kind of introduce it to yourself, it's it's if you're an addict, it's kind of inevitable that you're going to be addicted. I didn't understand that until I got addicted to pill, to pills and stuff. So all throughout high school, um, I want to say junior year and senior year, I started getting an addiction. I remember senior year of high school in health class, first period, I felt really sick, and I'm like, why do I feel like this? This is like, why do I feel like this? I feel like throwing up. I just felt sick, and we literally just learned about it in health class like two weeks ago, and I was like holy crap I'm withdrawing so that was like my first taste of like holy crap like wow. am I addicted to this like you know and and I kind of slowed down a little bit and then I went to uh I decided after high school that I needed some sort of education so I went to a technical school for medical assisting and um I was dating somebody at the time and he was doing pills um you know I just it went downhill from there I started doing pills and I graduated to you know, sniffing heroin to crack cocaine. So, I mean, it was like a nightmare. It was like years of me just experimenting and doing all these different drugs and not working, not realizing what I was, I didn't know what I was getting into. It was just fun at the time. It wasn't like, it wasn't at the stage where it was like, I'm a full blown junkie, so to speak. It was at the stage where this is fun. I'm still young and I have no responsibilities mm -hmm. until yeah. it got a hold of me, controlled my life in every way. I want to say like 2012, you know, I, I had moved from North Jersey to South Jersey and Tom's River with my family. And, uh, I found, I found drugs out there and it just kept going, you know, no matter where you put me, I found them. And it, it just kind of was about, I want to say from 2009, 2010, nine ish to 2015, I was using drugs. It was mainly like oxycodones, like pills and Percocets and whatnot. And then, like I said, I eventually kind of was dabbling in like street drugs and, so years and years of torment, of stealing, of being just a terrible person, you know, like it just completely changed who I was. And the sad thing is that through all of that, I couldn't watch wrestling because I would cry. I would put on Raw or SmackDown high and I would cry because I, I couldn't watch it. I had to read the results. I couldn't watch wrestling for years because it made me sick. I was like, I, I would cry. Like my mom's like, what's the matter? I was like, nothing, nothing. And it's like, because I was felt like I should be there. I should be training. I shouldn't be using drugs. Like I, I had, could not stop. Like I was at a point where I couldn't, I didn't know how to stop. I didn't know what to do. And, um, 
two, April, April of 2015, I finally like just I was like I was like cashing my parents checks. Like I was just doing whatever I could do for money. And I got caught. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I need help. And I went to a detox and my my behavior continued with thinking I'm in love and, and meeting guys and just not focusing on recovery. I was focusing on everything but that. I've been in and out of rehabs. I think I went to four altogether. And they were all – the thing about me is that I learned is um, when I would go to rehab, like, people over there, like, this is like the 30th time in rehab. You know, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is my first. And then this is my second. Oh, this is my 25th. I'm like, wow. You know, and I'm looking at these people, and I'm like, God bless them, but I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a repeat rehab offender. I was like, I want to, I want to nail this. Like, right, right. you know, so I eventually went to Arizona for treatment. I left against medical advice, ended up getting high again. It, it, it happened three times where I went in and out of rehab, got high again. The fourth time was the time. Um, I was in California at that. I went to Arizona. I left and then I went to California to go pursue something. I don't know. I just wanted to go to California. And um, I called my dad and I was like, listen, I was like, I'll go to the rehab that's close to home. I was like, I want to do this. Please, can you buy me a plane ticket? I'll go right to the rehab. You can tell them to pick me up at the airport. Like, I just want to get clean. I just want to get better. And he said, I don't want to I don't want to talk to you ever again. So I was like, OK, yeah. And my mom talked to him and he eventually caved and bought me the ticket. But he didn't come visit me or anything. He was done with me. And ever since that time, I've been sober. So I feel like that was like the pit, like the crucial moment in my life to have my dad turn his back on me for me to be like, okay, you know what? Like I need to get it together. And all throughout rehab, you know, I, 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 there was a couple times where I fooled around, like in the sense of just didn't take it seriously and, you know, just had fun with it and didn't realize like what was really out there and what I was capable of, you know, and, and every counseling session, every AA meeting, every NA meeting was, I want to be a pro wrestler, but I struggling with this and I'm trying to get on my feet to do that. Like it was always like wrestling was always there. It was always never went away. Not once did the thought of being a pro wrestler ever leave my mind through the midst of it all. You know, I've, like I said, I've done a lot of different things, you know, and the last bout that I had in my addiction was heroin and shooting it. And, you know, I, I could have contracted diseases. I was, so much could have happened to me so much bad. I've overdosed, you know, like I've been in the hospital. I've actually posted something that was very raw. And it was a picture of me in a hospital bed after my overdose, like those kinds of things. Like I, I should be dead right now. And like the epidemic that we live in, like if I didn't stop when I did, I probably would be because with all the stuff that's like laced in the drugs today is insane. You know, and I, I've lost so many friends, you know, I've been sober for years and years now and all the people I've met in AA, NA, HA, like all around, like all around, like a lot of them are dead. You know, I, I have ex-boyfriends who are dead, you know, it's like just, it's insane. It's insane. And I just look back on the fact that I was able to sit down with a counselor in my final rehab stay and say, listen, I don't want to do this ever again. I don't want to stick needles in my arms because that's not normal. I don't want to put pills and sniff them up my nose because that's not normal. I'm like, I want to be a wrestler. I want to be healthy. And I just want to live my dreams. And I don't know what they are enti entirely. You know, like I, I knew the one thing, but I didn't know anything else. I didn't know anything about myself. And like, I, I always share that with people. It's like, I never knew who I was, but I always knew I wanted to be a pro wrestler. That's it. That's all I know. So I think that, you know, going through all those different things and I've 
and we all go through things. We know this. We all go through things in life, you know, but I've been through a lot, not just with my addiction. I've been in like assault situations physically and sexually. And I have no issue sharing that because I don't know, maybe there's someone out there who's been through it, who's scared to speak up. I don't know. You know, I, I've been through a lot, but it made me who I am today because if I didn't go through those things, I wouldn't have been able to find my path. And I used to always say, why did I have to do that? I look back and I'm like, why was I doing those things? Mm-hmm. Like, why did I put myself in the situations? And I'm like, you know what? This sounds crappy, but obviously whatever's looking over me clearly wanted me to go through that to set me up for what I'm where I am right now. Because the things that I've had in the past year were only things that little Victoria dreamed of. You know what I mean? So it's like, Everything happens for a reason, and I really do believe it made me a better person. I really do. I mean, I strongly believe that, you know, God doesn't put anything that you can't handle, but wow, that is a lot for someone to handle, you know? Yep. Um, but thank you for sharing that with us. If you had a message for anybody who is dealing with addiction, you know, is there something that maybe spoke to you? You mentioned that your dad turning his back was a turning point. Is there anything that you think you could tell someone, you know, who's going through it now? Uh, you know, what would you say? I think the biggest thing for anybody going through that is shame and feeling like, you know, if I come clean about this, I might lose my family, I might lose respect. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's fear. There's all fear too. admitting that you're mm-hmm. wrong. is the biggest thing being able to admit, Hey, I need help is like the open door. It's like the first step to everything. You know, once I was able to admit I needed help, I may not have tackled it right away, but I tackled it because I was able to say, Hey, I need help. I can't do this on my own. And the day that like today's day and age, like it's okay to need help. It's okay to not be okay. You know, if I, you know, call my mom and say, I'm having a really bad day and I'm crying. She says, why? And I say, I don't know. She's going to talk to me until we figure it out, you know, and it's okay for me to not be okay for that day. You know, like I, I, I biggest advice is if you don't really know what to do, go to an AA meeting, you know, there's, there's plenty of resources online for, you know, suicide prevention, um, addiction hotline. There's all these different things that you can utilize at your fingertips. You can even text somebody like for, I think it's like suicide awareness. I think you can text somebody to talk to somebody. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I've done it. So I know, you know, like having like a moment of what do I do? You know, there's so many resources out there, you know, and the, the biggest advice I've ever given anyone is just admit it. Just be able, it's not, it's okay. You know, I might feel like the end of the world at first, but once you get through it, it's like, wow, I needed to do that. And then everything else just kind of falls into place. You mentioned when you uh, noticed that you were starting an addiction, uh, it was because you were looking for love and getting into, you know, relationships that weren't healthy for you. But, you know, turn to 2020, you're actually in a really good relationship right now. It's no secret that you're in a relationship with one of the top talents in our area, the Spartan Pitbull, Nikos Rikos. Uh, right. So let's turn it around. How, how do you balance your relationship now with the, your wrestling career? So, yeah, I mean, listen, I've oof, I've had a number of – Jared watched The Office. We're big fans of The Office, yes. Okay. You know Michael <laughs> Scott? Michael Scott. Uh-huh. That's me. In a nutshell, okay? If you want to know more about me, just watch The Office and watch Michael Scott. Because that's me. Literally to a thing. Like, looking for that that love feeling. Just always thinking it's the one and not sure. And 
you know, if someone's into you, you're into them. Like that was my life. My whole life was just trying to figure out like, what is happening? Like, why do I just couldn't find <laughs> happiness? Yeah. And I literally, um, you know, I, 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 ugh, I last, not last year, maybe two years ago was engaged. And this was my ex that I have the tattoo with. Okay. And I won't speak ill of him. I won't. He's a good guy, but I didn't love him. I didn't, you know, and I realized in that moment, all the years that I was with different guys and looking for love, they loved me. And I almost forced myself to love them back because I was like, oh, this this has got to be the one. Right. This is is something that I learned through counseling and everything over the years and just who I was and why I was doing these things. Then I met the Spartan Pitbull, Nikos Rikos. And I'm like, oh, he's cool. You know, we, 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 uh, we've shared the same school, you know, so I met him at training. He was at, you know, WrestlePro with me. And um, I'm like, oh, he's good looking, you know, he's cute, whatever. Okay, let it go. <laughs> and then our um, Kevin Matthews, he's like the booker, and he like you know decided to put us as a as like a as like a faction. Um, it was me, Nikos, and the Amazing Graysons, and we were called the Collection, and we had this like thing going on. And as I'm like getting closer, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't like him. He's kind of cute, and I'm getting a little closer, closer. <laughs> and I he, he makes fun of me for all the time because he doesn't like that sappy stuff, you know. But I, I'm all into it. But I remember one day we were at a show, and it was just me and him. And I was mad. This is when I started managing, and we were in the locker room, and I looked at him, and I literally felt like somebody stabbed me in the heart. Like I've never felt that in my life. Like I felt like someone took a knife and just stabbed me in the heart, and I was like, ooh. I looked at him. I was like, what the. F- what the hell was that? Like, it literally felt like that. And I remember in that moment, I was like, well, that was really weird. And then, like, the more we got to know each other, I just, my feelings started growing more and more and more. And then we kind of were on the same page. And, and, and it actually made for a really good relationship, you know. So it kind of helps, uh, you know, we're doing the same thing. We have the same goal. Um, you know, the end goal is the same for us to end up in WWE or, you know, sign somewhere, you know. Um, we push each other. He's a personal trainer, so he pushes me as well in the gym and whatnot and helps me out there. And, you know, we, we currently are, you know, like a, I'm managing him. We're a little team. We travel together. So, I mean, it, it has definitely brought us closer together. And we work really well together. You know, I will say, I'm not just saying that because, you know, putting each other over or anything. <laughs> I genuinely mean it. Like, we really do. We work well together. We, we bounce off each other. We, we get heat together. I mean, we really, we really, really, really mesh well together. And, um, you know, he's my best friend. He's 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 everything to me. He helps me with this business more than, you know, I mean, aside from like my trainers and whatnot. Like he's he's my he's my go to. He's my confidant. You know, without him, there's a lot of things that I probably wouldn't be doing as quickly as I did. And I know he hates when I say that, but it's true. You know, I, I yes, I worked hard and whatnot, but I owe a lot to him, especially because he really, really, you know, took me under his wing and we just took off together. So, um, yeah. Well, let's talk about like that takeoff. I mean, 2019, what a year for you it has been. Yeah. You know, I mean, you mentioned about it, you know, a lot of things coming to you very quickly. You know, this business is filled with many surprises. And in 14 months of your wrestling career, you were able to land a tryout with the WWE. Could you walk us through that journey? You know, when did you find out that you were getting that tryout? How was it to go down to the performance center? You know, I want all the details. Okay, cool. So (laughs) it actually like started with like applying on the, on the website. Right. And, uh, there was a couple instances where I had like extra work and whatnot. Um, you know, I was in August, 
I went to full sale as an extra. I wasn't used, but just to be there, that was my first ever being anywhere WWE related as like a talent. Um, so walking into full sale and I'm like, wow, like it was insane to me. Um, I, I just couldn't believe that I was there. Um, then they did extra work for Raw and SmackDown. I, I, uh, you know, was able to do the conga line, which is always fun and cool, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, once your information's in their database, you know, they kind of just have your, 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 there. So I, um, I got an email one day at work. And it said WWE. And I get a lot of like shop zone and network emails. So I kind of overlooked it at first. Yeah, that's what me and Michael and then I, I, all the time. Yeah. That's where and my then mind I, goes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then like photographically, I'm like, did I see WWE recruit in that email? Is that what that said? So I was like, let me go back. Let me look. And I opened the email and it was like, Dear Victoria, we'd like to send you an invite to try out for the December 2019 WWE try. And I was like, I literally said out loud, what the, like, I was like, what? Like, what? Me? Like, I was like, what? Like, I was like, mind blown. I was like, no. Everyone at work was like, what, what, what? And I'm like, I, 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 I got a, a WWE tryout. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah. So I texted Nico. So I texted my family. I was like, what is happening? I was like, it's a joke. I was like waiting for someone to like say like, oh, you've been pranked. Like I, I was like, no way. Cause at this time when I got the email, I've only been wrestling a year. So, you know, I, I started training October of 2018. I debuted as a valet March of 2019. I had my first match outside of wrestle pro. Well, I'll say wrestle pro. It was my first match. It was like a tag match April 3rd. So, I mean, I, I was only training, you know, a few months before I started. So, I mean, that was, everything just happened so fast. Everything happened so fast. Um, so when I got that email, I was like, no way. I was like, oh, I'm wrestling for a year. I was like, there's no way. And yeah, I mean, I went out there and, you know, they, um, it was a four day, it was a four day ordeal. The first day it was like physicals checking in and whatnot. And then it was, it was amazing. I mean, it really was like we did in ring cardio. There was like six rings and you have to do, you know, you know, a forward roll in each ring, roll like every single roll in each ring. Then you have to do like these change drills when you're running the ropes and, 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 rolls in a, in a circle which will make you very dizzy if you do it in six rings 12 times yeah that'll make you dizzy but i was smart and i took dramamine before i went because i know that i <laughs> so i was all good to go <laughs> um you know we did promos and the best part about it is that i think they went alphabetically i was number one so i had to go first for everything wow tough yeah and I, in my head, I was like, Vic, if you screw this up, I was like, you know, when they show you something one time, I need to be able to do it one time because I want to show that I can see that. And I did. Thank God. You know, so, I mean, obviously I did something wrong because I didn't get the yes, but I was there. And I'm the kind of person where obviously the goal is to end up there or signed somewhere. But just being there and experiencing that, I mean... I got to my knees every single night and thanked God because I, I couldn't believe that I was there. You know, like I, I, I just, I felt like I didn't deserve it. That was another thing that, cause I'm, I'm like, I don't want to say a people pleaser, but kind of sort of. So in my head, I'm like, I don't deserve this. I feel like there are people who have been grinding a lot longer than me who should be here. And Nikos actually put it perfectly. He goes, no, you do deserve it. Cause if they called you, then you deserve it. Right. You know, he put it into perspective for me because I look at him and I'm like, he's been grinding for six years. I mean, he's amazing at everything. And I'm like, like he does. I was like, you deserve it. I was like, I don't deserve this. You do. He goes, no, you do because they called you. That's why. He goes, you worked hard for it. And I'm like, well, thank you. 
you know, so it was one of those things where it's like, wow, I can't believe like this is happening, you know, but just being there and, and being, you know, seeing all of them watching you, I, you know, I, I got to have a tryout match. There was enough re- like uh, ratio of wrestlers to athletes. We were able to have matches. Um, the, the energy was amazing. I mean, it was just, I got to cut pro. I was first to go for promos. Literally the first day was promo day. And I was like, what did you no say one. in your promo? I got to ask. Well, originally I was going to be the vivacious, vicious Vicky. But I decided that I should be myself. Okay. So I started to, like, cut the promo. Like, I was going to talk as the vivacious, vicious Vicky, but I decided to talk as Victoria instead. And I just kind of talked about, like, my addiction and, you know, like, what led me there and whatnot. And within a minute, you know, I was able to kind of nail the points real quick. But I was able to show them I could talk. That that, that yeah. was the main the main point. You know, but to have to go first for that in front of all those people, I was like, oh, like, Regal, Matt Bloom. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, this is insane. You know, but I... I, weirdly enough, when I was there, the butterflies weren't there. I wasn't scared. I wasn't nervous. Not to say that I wasn't, but I just felt like, okay, you're here. Here's your opportunity. Now go kick some ass. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like, I didn't have time to be nervous or, 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 or anxious. I didn't have time to do that. You know, I, when I had my practice match, it wasn't great. You know, I, I didn't put on this, like, five-star match because that's not what they were looking for. It was a basic, simple match, you know, and, um, when I came out behind the curtain, I was like, you know what? I was like, this is it. This is walking down a mini WWE ramp. I was like, you know what? I was like, just go out and kill it. Like, do what you, you got to do, you know? And like I said, obviously, there was something that went wrong. But, you know, again, I I gave it my all. You know, like, I felt like leaving when I left there. I was like, you know what? I left everything that I had in that moment to give in that ring. So that's where I'm going to leave it. I um, also, I mean, I've talked to people who've done tryouts before and sometimes it's not necessarily that you do something wrong, but maybe it's not what they're looking for in the moment, you know? Exactly. Yep. So you may and, have done everything right. You could have been like the next Lita that they were looking for, <laughs> but maybe they're not looking for the next Lita right now. Maybe they're yep. just looking for something different at that moment. Exactly. And that was explained to us. Like we had, um, like Shane Thorne and Damian Priest, and they kind of talked to us like about a couple of things too, and it's the same thing. Like Damian Priest was like a perfect example of it. He said, you know, I've gotten to know so many times. Pat Buck, who's now a producer there, who's right. my head coach, you know, very close, close to us. Um, he 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 says it all the time. He got he got told no hundreds of times, and now he's a producer for them. You know, it took a while, but you know what? He earned it, and now he could say all his hard work it paid off. Dan Moff is a perfect example. He's another one that's very, very near and dear. You know, he he just got signed Ring of Honor. Up, you know what he deserves. It's it's things like that. Like I could be told no a hundred times, but that was exactly how it was explained to us. Like you're not what we're looking for right now. You know, and, and they even said that when we left. They said because I asked Regal, I asked them all. Like I wanted their feedback. Right. You know, I'm like, how was this? How was this? And William Regal, I I just dove in with him because I know that he's just amazing in every single freaking way so i made sure that i picked his brain about everything and he was so into it you know like he told me i have notes and notes and notes of just regal from from that like he he took his time and was able to talk he talks to me like he didn't just give me a quick thing like he actually like talked to me you know what mm-hmm. i mean and it, it meant a lot to learn from him and he even said it too like you know the in between stuff and wrestling you know and and all that he said just because you don't get a call now doesn't mean you won't in six months, in two months, in three months, we could look through our database, like, oh, you know what? Oh, you know what? We could do somewhere. Let's bring her in this time. He goes, that's how it works. You know, so they explained to us if you gave it your all, just hang tight. You know, you're on our radar now. So we'll see. And you mentioned it was a very short time within a year. Uh, what do you think that it took for you to get noticed by the E in such a short period of time? 
I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know. <laughs> um, I really have no idea. I do know that people I mean, tell you're running not- in the right circles. You mentioned, uh, you know, your head trainer, Pat Buck, being in the E. You mentioned them off. Um, Nikos Rico's WWE has a radar on him. He's been there before. So, you know, you're running in the right circle with the right people. So, that, I mean, that that will definitely play a part, you know, knowing the right people and whatnot. But it's also – and I, I share this because I, people don't know this. And when I got the tryout, Pat was like, how did you get that? Okay? And he was mm-hmm. working for them at the time. He said, yeah. how did you get that? Kevin Matthews. He was like, he was like, who the hell did you talk to? I was like, I just got the email. I don't know. So, that that's why it was like a wow moment because wow. it was like, holy crap. You know, like I didn't – for that particular moment, like – you know, nobody pulled any strings or anything. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we wouldn't help each other or anything, but it's just, it wasn't like that. It was just, it just happened. So that's why it was even more like, what the heck? Like, why, why did I get this? Like, I couldn't understand it. But I think, you know, maybe if they're looking for a certain, like you said, a certain look, they might have liked my look and like, oh, you know, I'll bring her in. She's cool looking, you know? So, I mean, I, 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 I try to evolve myself in the way that I look. I, I, I'm recently evolving my character and more will be revealed ASAP. You know, I'm trying to add to it and whatnot. So, you know, I just think that with everything, if I just keep, like, putting content out there, if I keep evolving my look, you keep training, you know, like, that's those are, those are the only things that I can do to, like, just keep hoping that maybe if I do something else, it'll get noticed. You know what I mean? I'm glad that you brought up evolution of a character because that's something that I highly respect because it shows growth. It shows courage from an individual, a wrestler who wants to try something new or incorporate something different into the evolution of who they are and going to be. You know, your character is evolving and we talked it off air, but, you know, Jersey is a big part of you. It's a big part of your evolution. So can you tell us a little bit about what, you know, Jersey is going to play into a role of who you are in the future? Yeah. So um, for me, I am kind of evolving my character more into like, I'm going to start talking like this, you know, I'm going to be starting to act like I really know what I'm doing, but I really have no clue what I'm talking about. But it sounds really good because I'm talking like I'm from, you know, northern New Jersey. I'm not New York. I'm New Jersey. So I'm going to be more like annoying Italian American, like that kind of Jersey Shore, mob wives kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but but representing New Jersey in, like, the worst way. You know what I mean? Like, not like, oh, I'm from New Jersey. I'm proud. Yeah, like, no, represent, like, the scum and the filth. Because I'm a heel. So I have to be, like, bottom of the barrel. You know what I mean? I have to be, like, scummy and whatnot. And I have to say that, I have to say that everybody in New Jersey is scummy. But I'm not going to be, like... I, I, I'm going to start representing all of New Jersey. Like, that's going to be where I'm built from, all of New Jersey. Because there isn't just one place you could pick. You got you to you represent the whole shebang, you know what I mean? And for me, like, I didn't live, I, didn't, I grew up in New Jersey. I didn't grow up anywhere else, you know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. I am a Jersey girl through and through. So, for me, it's natural. You know, I try to find a way to evolve my character where it's natural. You know, I don't want to have to, like, think. Not that, not that... You know, there may be a time where I'm going to have to. I know it sucks, but no, I'm kidding. But it's like <laughs> no, but it's having to like just naturally be something is going to be a lot easier. And it was, it's been told to me for a long time. When you find what kind of character you want to portray, pick something that's close to home where Absolutely. it's like it's a part of you, isn't it? And me being that obnoxious Italian, 
is perfect because that's me and that's not hard for me to do. Like you saw how I was just able to talk about absolutely nothing, but like I had your attention. So I was able to mm-hmm. talk about nothing in that accent, but it's like, I'm so annoying that like you have to listen. So it's like, that's kind of what I'm going for. You know what I mean? And I'm always evolving my gear and my look and everything. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I dyed the hair dark back to my natural color. Like I'm just trying to be more me. Yeah. And, and like I said, I think it takes a lot of courage and I applaud anybody, you know, in the wrestling scene who wants to evolve and, and realizes and recognizes that through that evolution, we get to get a different piece of you. You know, we may have learned a little bit about who Vicky is in the last few years, but now we're going to get a little bit more. And then next year, we're going to get a little bit more. And it's like an onion, you know, we're just peeling away mm-hmm. those layers, but we're getting closer and closer to that core of who you are. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I like I said, uh, all the likes of all the trainers. Um, you know, I've named a few of them, and um, Sean Donovan too. He, uh, he had told me once before, and when I was trying to figure out what to do with Vicious Vicky, you know, like I would go to him for a lot. I talked to him about a lot of stuff, and you know, he would say like it's all about the evolve. You know, like it's like how are you evolving yourself. What are you going to add to your character? What is this going to do? You know, if you if you wear this, is it going to mesh this? If you manage Nikos, like you should, if you're you know, maybe buy a, uh, get a manager's outfit instead of wearing your gear. Like these little things that they, they teach us these nuances, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all from them having their experiences and whatnot. And it's, it, it helps, you know, like having, you know, that, that's my next thing is like, if I'm going to be on the manager too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I need to evolve myself as a manager, you know, which I tremendously did in the sense of, and I'm sure this goes for anybody. You watch yourself back when you first started when you watch yourself now. And I'm like, wow. Like, I watched myself manage him to the ring in April. And I'm like, what was that? Then I watched myself now, and I'm like, I don't shut up. I don't, <laughs> I don't stop moving. I, I'm, 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 my face is like everything, and I'm like, that's evolving. You know, even in the ring, I would come to the ring, and I would have my hands, like, all awkward to the side or whatever, like, just weird. I was just awkward. Now I'm in the ring, like, my hand, you know, Moth and um, – Bobby Wayward always tell me, keep your hands up. You're in a fight. You're in a fight. Keep your hands up. I don't forget to do that now. You know, like, there's little things that were taught to me that, you know, evolved with me over the year, you know. And I, and I can't even say over the years, which is crazy. <laughs> it's over the year. It's insane. It's in, I'm blessed. I mean, really. You are blessed. You had a great 2019. But looking into 2020, whether professionally or personally, uh, what is next? What is on your agenda for yourself? Ideally... Um, you know, I want to just keep getting my name out there. I want to start working for, you know, bigger companies. Um, you know, I, I really, I just keep training, you know, when I go to training, um, <laughs> our, our class doesn't start till seven. I'm there at five thirty, six o'clock with another student who's been busting his ass and I'll give him a shout out Skylar. Cause he's a freaking awesome kid. And he puts his heart and soul and says he travels like three hours back and forth wow. to wrestle for, for training because he wants it so bad. I love people like that. I love that. Um, but I'll show up at 536 an hour before practice starts and just get in the ring, you know, for that half hour, 40 minutes before practice. I stay for open ring after I'm just always training as much as I can. Um, you know, I try to get the most out of it because I'm not going to get better if I don't do it. You know, I'm not going to get better if I don't if I don't train hard, if I don't, you know, work on these things. I'm not going to get better at promos if I don't look at myself in the mirror and talk to myself. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like for me. 2020 is endless at this point. You know, if I keep doing these things, if I keep going and evolving and growing and learning, I I mean, really, the possibilities are endless. It's up to me. If I stop doing these things, nobody's going to want me. 
you know, so I have to keep doing these things to get noticed. And that, that that's my biggest thing is just get noticed. You know, I'm on, I'm on the radar now with WWE and whatnot. And, you know, maybe something can ever come out of that. Maybe not. You know, but there's other companies out there, too, that I want to get, I want to get, you know, radar on me for. So I just keep, just keep working, hoping that something somewhere, somebody picks up and is like, we want her. You know, so, I mean, if 2020 is not the year, then maybe 2021. We'll see. Well, Vic, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going on record right now by saying this interview on A Shot of Wrestling is going to be one of the most important ones for anyone to listen. From everything that we've talked to, um, thank you for being an open book. Thank you for allowing us to hear your story. And if we wanted to follow you into your future, can you let us know where we could do that on social media? Yes. So, again, thank you. I appreciate that as well. Um, it is underscore vicious underscore Vicky underscore and for Twitter it is the same underscore vicious underscore Vicky underscore so yeah that's where you can find me oh and also on YouTube Victoria Andreola just saying okay <laughs> it has been a pleasure it truly truly has uh, we right. hope to see you soon alrighty well thank you thank you very much and I had a blast much love This is the Vivacious Vicious Vicky, and thank you for listening to my interview on A Shot of Wrestling. If you want more of A Shot at Wrestling, you can listen on Spotify. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for last fall. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time I need to announce it's last call at the bar. Oh. All right, everybody, we have made it to the end of the episode and it's last call and we're still here with the vivacious vicious vicky now vicky this is how you play last call i ask you a question and the first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer are you ready i think so <laughs> well then away we go what is your spirit animal oh a tiger who is stranger dog people or cat people oh cat people other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Baseball. What fictional character would you like to wrestle? Oh, Wonder Woman. What is a motto oh. that you live by? The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Deep. What is the worst <laughs> job you ever had? Oh, being a freaking mailman. Really? Oh, I hated it so much. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite karaoke song? Uh, oof, uh, I love rock and roll. Mm-hmm. What is the best feature on a man? Is this cheating? If I answer this question, not at all. No, no, no. <laughs> um, nice arms. Arms. All right. Who is your celebrity crush? Oh, Randy Orton. Okay, now that's <laughs> cheating. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, oh jeez, do Mary kill your top three favorite wrestlers of all time? Do, marry, kill. Oh, this is fun. Okay. Um, do, Randy Orton. Marry, John Cena. Kill, Shinsuke Nakamura. Ouch. Oh. <laughs> now, finally, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Shot of Wrestling. I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of you. And uh, now Mark could go back into his corner and enjoy this episode for years and years to come. That's right.
<laughs> hey baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah baby, but I got you pinned. <laughs> but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>